and welcome to a long-term investment episode <laughs> of We Only Look Thin. I am your host, Catherine Weigel, and I've lost about 145 pounds, and with wow. me today is... Donald Weigel, your long-term investor, <laughs> and uh, we've invested in each other. For many years now. Many be like years, 22, yes. And almost it has by the time this comes out. Paid dividends. It has. How many financial puns are we going to let's... work into this? Uh, I am Donald Weigel. I am married to Catherine Weigel, and uh, I've lost a little over 100 pounds. Yeah, and how do we know we've lost 100 pounds and 145 pounds? Uh, we get on the scale. Ooh. Yeah. Mm, yes, we get on a scale. That's how we know. Uh, there are many other indicators of how we lost weight or what we did to lose weight, but the scale is one of the defining measurements of losing 100 pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> if you're going to measure how gonna much me- <laughs> weight you've lost, weighing you may requires weight. Weighing yourself and yeah. weight. Yes. yes. All those things. But the scale is a dangerous uh, participant in this whole weight loss journey. Yeah. It can feel very judgmental. It can feel like your best ally and your worst enemy, oftentimes on the same day. Yeah. And uh, we still struggle with the scale, and we're in maintenance. It just keeps on going. Yeah, for uh, sure. And uh, uh, I've not to jump the gun, but I've only sort of recently, you know, after I started this four plus years ago, I've kept my weight off for over two years now, and I've only sort of recently started to uh, not rely on that number on the scale as much as I used to. Well, and I think our relationship luckily has changed with the scale, and I think that that was one very big part of being successful in this last time journey is that I have 20-plus years of records of me giving up every time the scale was mean to me and didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Uh, like a petulant star child who <laughs> was mad when they didn't get the starring role. Yeah, right before we started recording, you were telling me about finding a, uh, a weight, uh, weight Watchers journal. Yeah, I think I got rid of most evidence of my failures in the past, but I found one gem of a... I tracked my weight over the course of about five weeks and... I, the first week was down like a pound and the second week I was down two pounds. Oh, that and, sounds promising. Right. And so like week two, I literally had a calculator out. It was like, if you multiply that by 52 weeks and two, I'll be a thousand pounds down on the scale by whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I did that every single time. I would just assume that like, oh, okay, a pound or two a week. That's what I get. And after five weeks, I think uh, very rudely, I was up on the scale a pound or two. Yeah. And I quit. But then you, oh. Sorry, there was no. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, but then you realized that it was just a data point. No. You kept going and you eventually, no. Nope. I was was angry. I was like, why am I even bothering? Obviously, this isn't working. And I gave up. And I did that from probably age 18. To 41. I quit my way up the scale. The first time I joined Weight Watchers, I was about 200 pounds. Uh, The last time I joined Weight Watchers, I was over 300 pounds. Yeah. And I just sort of revenge gained every time that the scale didn't tell me what I wanted it to tell me. And so in this last time, you know, the last and, four- And who are you getting revenge against exactly? Me. Oh, no. <laughs> Myself. Yeah. Um, 
But it was a game that I played with myself. My feeling of self-worth, my ambition to keep going was all predicated upon what the number on the scale would say. And when I know, when I knew that I avoided the scale, that was also saying something where I just didn't want to deal with the habits that I was uh, putting in place. And magically, I would gain lots of weight between weigh-ins. I actually found, uh, and I'll stop talking at some point, I found um, when I first got my Fitbit, I weighed in at about 217, and then I lost four or five pounds. And then I remember I got a cold, and then I didn't weigh myself for a month, and I was up five pounds, and then I didn't weigh myself again until five months later, and I was up another 20 pounds. Yeah, <laughs> and like yeah. those jumps of like not weighing was just a big denial strip of like, I don't want to deal with my choices right now. Yeah. And I have found over the course of my lifetime in doing this that it's actually a pretty difficult uh, tightrope to walk between overweighing and underweighing and finding that that goldilocks like you know this porridge is too hot this porridge is too cold and finding that one that's just right uh in the middle of course i made it about food somehow with porridge (laughs) but realizing that it is unhealthy for me to overweigh myself to step on the scale constantly and also unhealthy for me to avoid the scale both and i think that overweighing is, and I'm stealing this from my wife, is like checking the stock market every day uh, or checking our retirement plan, you know, every day and worrying about every little fluctuation. You know, we theoretically have something like, you know, 20 years before we're retiring, 15, 20 years, whatever it is, and worrying about that the stock how the stock market's going to be right now as compared to what it is 20 years from now is will just drive me crazy if i think about it all the time if i'm checking it constantly well and when covid started a friend of mine posted uh on facebook something about like oh my gosh my 401k and i hadn't even really thought about that but then it occurred to me like this is not the time to look at that number but there are also uh, stock day traders who play the market all day trying to beat the system and buy and sell and like, you know, work yeah. the system to make quick money in a day and then switch over to something else. And we can so quickly get into get thin quick schemes where we think like, oh, if we just get a jump start and can lose those first 10 pounds, then I'll do a normal program and figure out what balanced eating means in the world. And on this, you know, especially right now, we use the scale or we have learned to use the scale as a simple tool as part of our entire weight loss journey. It's not the defining point of, you know, all of our self-worth and all of our happiness. Yeah. And I used to be in a position where I would weigh myself constantly. I would weigh myself when I got up, then I would weigh myself after a meal, then I would weigh myself after a workout and weigh myself before bed. And every time I saw a positive number or 
a a negative every time I lost a little bit during the day I would feel good about myself and any time that I was up a little bit I would feel bad about myself and it was this constant roller coaster of anxiety and I did a little um a little bit of reading and it turns out that uh there is science involved in all of this mm. and lots of things uh fluid intake hormone levels levels of activity uh lots of things can even a person who's not actually struggling with their weight, who's never had a weight problem, you can be up and down within a five-pound range just within the same day uh, based on all of those things. And it can cause a lot more anxiety to just be constantly obsessed with your number in the moment, especially for me, I found. Well, and definitely, I mean, I I think, you know, in this last time you know, I think it was January of 2016 when I started back on this. I just knew I had to do something differently. And I, you know, first week I lost a couple of pounds. Next week I lost a couple of pounds. And then I got to that like five, six week mark where always in the past I would just suddenly, you know, go up on the scale and quit. And I was yeah. really like, I was actually scared of it because I was like, I know it's coming. It happens every single time. And luckily I listened to a podcast right like the same week that I was up two pounds that just talked about like, it's a data point. It's not a measurement of your self-worth. It matters how you track over time and the trajectory that you're heading in. And I'm so glad that I got that point of reference because it helped me get through the crushing disappointment of being up on the scale two pounds. It is not fair. I did everything right. Like I, the scale should validate all of my actions Yeah, and it's not a linear process. I have talked about gaining weight probably 20 times in the two years that it took me to lose a hundred pounds. And James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, talks about the Valley of Disappointment, which we have talked about on this very podcast, Yeah, um, where he talks about, you know, we think that progress should just be a straight rocket, you know, shoot line. But really, there's this bowing of, you know, like you go into this Valley of Disappointment, and the progress doesn't show itself until maybe a couple of weeks after you expect it to. Yeah. And knowing that disappointment and that lagging indicator is a normal part of the process just gives me so much relief in knowing just stay the course, stay the course, like you'll get there. And it helped push me through that point on the scale where I was up. And then the next time I was up on the scale, time of the month, constipation, salt intake, water intake, like yeah. there's so many different factors. I just knew it was part of the process. And it so helped me navigate these crazy waters of like weight gain and weight loss. Like it's just huge. Yeah. And we've talked about before, but just the example you gave about Weight Watchers, you know, you're down a pound, you're down a pound, you're down a pound, you're down a pound, and then you're up a couple. You're still down three pounds from where you started, if I did that math correctly, and yet you see that negative trajectory on the scale all of a sudden, and suddenly it's like, well, I might as well throw away all of my progress if I can't just continue to make progress. Well, we talked a few weeks ago about, you know, having 100 people at a party and then you you gain three pounds or three people leave the party and you're like, that's it. I don't want to party anymore. Yeah. And I wasted decades, literal decades being grumpy and put out that I gained weight while I was losing weight. Yeah. And once I let go of that, it changed everything. 
I used to do this bargaining thing too, where I used to pray to like weight loss gods or something where I would be, I would say to myself, I've been so good. Like if I could just see super progress on the scale, then I would continue to be good in air quotes. And I hate saying good or bad, you know, it's just about choices and habits, but I would say these things and I would, you know, somehow think that magically if I could just tap into the scale's better nature that it would give me one, you know what I mean? Well, it it feels so judgmental. I mean, especially, you know, weighing in at a doctor's office is a, a totally different experience. But when you yourself are managing your weight loss process, having those data points matters, but being able to disconnect yourself emotionally from it matters even more than that. So later on, and we're going to give you some tools on, on how to manage that. But what um, Yanni Friedhoff says, there's so many experts out there. And who's Yanni Friedhoff? He's a doctor of some kind oh, in Canada. You've yeah. heard of Canada. Um, but and he wrote a book that uh, we are fans of yeah. uh, that uh, uh, we don't, I don't like every single thing that he said. I think he's got a little bit of a, too much of an emphasis on uh, cooking meals from scratch. Yeah, that his wife, I think, does. <laughs> <laughs> but but he has a lot, a lot of, you know, years and years of uh, dealing with people's weight loss and uh, has a lot of great things yeah. in that book. And his book is called? The Diet Fix. The, I totally <laughs> drew a blank on that. It's okay. You're like, and that book is great. <laughs> um, it's okay. We can, anyway. So, uh, Yanni Friedhoff- in, Yanni Friedhoff in his book, The Diet Fix. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't be a jerk. Be a jerk. Okay. He said, what moves the number on the scale is not the act of standing on the scale. It's what you're doing and choosing during the time you are not on the scale. It is your lifestyle choices that change your weight. And often, and tying it back to what James Clear said, sometimes those indicators lag just because you had a great week doesn't mean that the scale is going to obey and you know throw you a party every time you get on it yeah and we can feel sorry for ourselves or we can see it as part of the process and i know right now especially in the time of covid you know everyone is managing different stresses right now and some people feel like managing their weight or looking at the scale might be too much for them to take and the you know, the broad sad news about it is that your weight happens whether you track it or not. Yeah. And every single time I have stepped away from the scale and hidden it and pretended oh. it wasn't there, I have gone on to gain 10, 15, 30, 50 pounds. Like, yeah. no joke, decades of I'm just going to put it away. Not acknowledging the number led to weight gain. Yeah, this is slightly off topic, but I am a little bit obsessed with looking at weight loss transformations on Instagram. And earlier today, I was uh, I was looking, and there were so many memes that came up with that hashtag that were me before COVID, and it was like a picture of some thin, beautiful horse, and then me. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, there was one in particular, and then the next one was this, like, short, like, super fat, like, <laughs> little horse, and it was me after COVID, you know, like, me three weeks in, and it was it was just this sort of, like, I'm going to give up thing that seemed to be happening. Well, and look, and we're not talking about 
people who are on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the very bottom of just trying to survive. We're talking about people who have time to scroll Pinterest and who have just decided that, you know, weight isn't something that they're going to worry about right now because nobody else is. And we're all going to gain the COVID-15 and it'll be fine. Yeah, but you were just talking about lagging indicators. And when I lost, when I was losing my 100 pounds, I would sometimes have two really solid, like I was on my exercise, I didn't stray from my calories, you know, solid weeks. And I would get on that scale and it just didn't move or worse would even go up a little bit. You would get really mad. (laughs) It's really hard to take. But then almost inevitably the next week, then I would have some big move on the scale. And it was, it was all about that average, you know, averaging, a little under a pound a week in two years, I was down a hundred pounds. And it's that trajectory over time that is important. It's not that one particular week or that one particular data point. Well, and I think too, if you're avoiding the scale, there might be other things that you're avoiding too. So going back to our canaries in a coal mine episode, yeah, that is an indicator of the habits that you're not following or the things that you're not tracking or the extra treats that you're allowing yourself or the baked goods that you're making. And so it all kind of goes together. Like in a, in a 401k, you don't invest in a single stock. You diversify your money over a broad range of stocks, high risk, low risk, to get a, a you know um, an overall picture moving you in a different direction. If you put all of your money, you know, in you know Betamax VHS, <laughs> yeah. forty years ago, and was like, that's it, it's all going there, you wouldn't have any money right now. Yeah. Weighing yourself is just part of your investment portfolio. You're getting in your steps, you're eating well, you're closing the kitchen, you're not doing bites, licks, and tastes, you're not, you know, you're working on not binge eating. There are all these different things that go into creating a full picture of yourself. And the scale is just one of them. And when we make our entire value about the number on the scale, we're missing the point of this entire process. And Donald said he had a couple of uh, of things that weren't scale related that he enjoyed. Yeah, um, I, uh, you know, I have decided to put my happiness into my heart doctor telling me that I didn't need to see him again. Like, I used to have to see a heart doctor uh, once a year, and it early days it was it was multiple times a year and he told me that I didn't need to see him anymore and he is 50 and his heart doctor doesn't want to see him anymore yeah <laughs> like <laughs> yeah and uh I went from having an incredibly high A1C number which is an indicator that you have diabetes down getting it back down to normal I've put my happiness into that and I've gotten off of nearly all of my prescription medications and I may be on the cusp of of getting rid of all of them. I just haven't been able to go see my doctor <laughs> because of COVID right now. But um, we were in an experiment where he cut me down to just a tiny, tiny dose of my very last prescription to try and get me uh, to get off of it entirely. And so we'll see you next time I go. Yeah. And, and look, there are many cases where weight isn't – like weight isn't the end-all, be-all factor in your health. There are very slender people who smoke all the time and eat Cheetos who are thin but not healthy. And so no matter your actual weight, it's your lifestyle does matter. But 
your weight also does matter because it factors into, you know, I think we did an ep- we did so many episodes. We've talked about it all. <laughs> but like talking about like your ability, like the pressure on your knees and your yeah. liver and like well, all like, these I look forward to to going upstairs now. I I love that feeling of being able to walk up a bunch of stairs without it killing me. Like that makes me feel really good and full of pride. And I know that before this, I would go out of my way to avoid that terrible feeling. And now I embrace it. And I know you were starting to talk about canaries in a coal mine. I know that when I would avoid the scale, that's when I was really in trouble. Like when I would avoid it entirely because I would, I would avoid that number because if I saw the number, then it would become real. Right. I would do a thing where I'd be like, oh, I'll just eat everything this week and then see see how it goes next week. Like, I'll just get all, get in all the food now and then weigh myself, but I don't yeah, want to deal with it now. Exactly. And I didn't want to uh, – once that number was real, then I had to take responsibility for my actions and actually do something about it. And I – I feel like, you know, to continue the financial metaphor, it's sort of like I was spending money, but I didn't want to check my balance to see what I had left in it. And then eventually my bills came due. Overdrawn. And the bills came due in the form of a diabetes diagnosis. Well, and also if you're the kind of person who weighs yourself and you use it as a way to validate yourself, it can go a few different ways. You can have a great day on the scale and use it as a like celebration day, like woohoo, I've yeah. got I've got room now. I can go back to my old habits or oh gosh, I overate last night and I'm still down on the scale 2 pounds. So I guess maybe I can, yeah, I got away with it. I I guess I can keep eating whatever I want. Right. I ran the red light and I didn't get caught. So I'm going to do it again. Right. And it starts the slippery slope of like changing your habits. There are a number of people who can see it as a data point. Must be nice. Yeah. But when you either positively use that number to reinforce going back to negative habits or you get on the scale and it's up and then you think, all right, it's over. It's too late. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. There's no walking away from your weight. You're you're going to have a number whether yeah. you know what it is or not. And having like, you know, it, I think we we made an analogy about like a buddy cop movie of like two people being handcuffed together. Like your weight's going to be there whether you like it or not. And so getting along with it really matters. And being okay with those fluctuations, the time of the month, the salt, the water, indulgences over a holiday, it's all part of the process. Yeah, and I know we talked about not being not weighing yourself too often, but that scale avoidance is also uh, really bad news. I did a little bit of research before we started this, and I found three different studies that showed that people who weighed themselves regularly lost more weight than those who didn't, even when they accounted for exercise. So there's something about that looking at that number all the time that makes you accountable, and maybe it is motivating. Like you say to yourself, if I actually do my habits, I will see that number on the scale move. And so I'll keep doing it. Well, wasn't there, you followed a blogger a couple of years ago who was following a program for like a year and didn't weigh himself. Oh yeah. Like, he, but he wasn't tracking calories. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He ordinarily writes about computers, but had written and he had done keto and decided he wasn't going to weigh himself for a whole year. And Knew he had lost a bunch of weight, but he had a he had a number in his head 
um, of how much he had lost. And he was feeling great. But when he actually got on the scale after a year and saw that number, it was very deflating. Because, <laughs> I mean, he lost a good amount of weight, yeah, but it yeah, wasn't yeah. like the magical number that he thought it was going yeah, to be. Yeah, I think it was, you know, he, he thought he had lost 65 or 70 pounds and it ended up being like 40 or 45 or something like that, which is still nothing to sneeze at. But, you know, in his head, he had thought he had lost a lot. Right, why didn't even did. bother? It's yeah, like, well, yeah, you yeah. weren't monitoring it and you weren't measuring it. Exactly. Well, and Gretchen Rubin talks about the things that we actually monitor are the things that we pay attention to. How many steps we get, how many calories we eat, how many oil changes we have, what our gas tank says, you know, we have, what our budget is. All of those things that we follow, our A1C levels, the number of stairs that we climb a day, those are measurements that are based in reality. They're not feelings. Yeah. Like walking 10 flights of stairs isn't a feeling, it's a number. And sure, you might have a residual feeling after that, but being able to own your numbers matters in your process. We're grownups. Like at some point, you have to just be okay with being a grownup and owning the numbers that you have, knowing what your blood work says, knowing what your 401k says, knowing what your bank account says, good or bad, knowing what your debt is. And I think getting on the scale, the amount of times you do it or how often you do it can be different for different people. I have settled on once a week. And if I find that if I, I saw plenty of sites where doctors were recommending that people do it once a day and they were recommending they do it at the same time every day and that they get on the same scale every day because different scales can weigh different things and different times a day can change your weight. But for me, I find even if I do it every day, I feel like that's too much and I start to that anxiety of getting on the scale. But maybe for you, if you don't feel that anxiety, maybe every day is for you. But once a week seems to be the sweet spot for me. If I do it less than that, then I feel like I don't have that data point. And if I'm if I'm straying and not realizing it, then I don't have that that weigh in to anchor me, but that once a week like really anchors me, but also keeps me from becoming obsessed with it. Yeah, I know for me, the entire time I was losing the hundred pounds, I weighed myself on Friday mornings once a week. Then yeah. that that was for the entire time I was losing weight. Maybe I got on the scale an extra time once or twice. But then in maintenance, that and maybe this is a whole other episode, but in maintenance, I've changed a little bit because I'm trying to maintain my weight, but then I'm up on the scale a little bit, as I've talked about in previous episodes. And I got to the point where I was weighing myself every day in the last, like uh, from like February on, I was weighing myself every day. And it's almost like too much data makes you forget what the long term goal is. Yeah. Like you're walking across, you know, a state. But you, every step you take, you look back to see how far you've gone. And then every, like, and then you kind of forget what your destination is. And I kind of got lost in the weeds with weighing myself every day. Like the numbers almost mattered so little that I started going up the scale and not really noticing because it was like creeping very slowly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was weird. So I have in the last 30 days actually gone back to weighing once a week. Um, I've reduced my calorie uh, goal. I realized that the calories that I was eating was a maintenance range. Boo-hoo. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. I have cut my calories and I'm on um, – I've been doing that for two weeks and I'm feeling a lot better. But I'm, I'm back to just weighing in once a week so that I don't have that daily obsession with it because it can really lead to – over obsessing. So knowing yourself and where you are, it might change over time. Sometimes it might be once a week. Maybe sometimes you need extra accountability at the holidays and you do it every day. And I've had a hard time really deciding that 
the number on the scale is just a number and it's not the end all be all. I've had all of these positive things in my life since I lost the weight. I've had my doctor telling me to stop losing weight, the heart doctor telling me I don't see him, getting off the prescriptions, just how much better I feel in general. But I looked at a BMI scale and for my height, I am still at the like tippy top. I'm at the edge between the green and then the light blue is what it usually is, which means you're slightly overweight. And so I just had it in my head for most of the last two years that I needed to lose five more pounds to get comfortably down into that green range so that I would, you know, truly not be overweight anymore. And I've only very recently decided to ignore that number and that the number where I am is the number where I am and I'm going to pay attention to it so that I don't creep, you know, keep creeping up. But this is where I am because I, I was working so hard and so hard and being so anxious about why can't I just lose that last five pounds? Why can't I just lose that last five pounds? And I think that this is just where I am and I need to be happy with it. And there's so many positives, but I was still focusing on that one number. Well, and I think deciding whether or not you want to make a change to get to that change. If yeah. you, you know, if there's a problem that can be solved with an action, then you don't have a problem. You just have a choice to make. And I know for me, I'm up on the scale um, about 10 pounds from my lowest. And looking at the data over time, I was looking at the data points, but not the big picture. And when I looked at the big picture, the picture was getting bigger. Yeah. It was a bigger picture. <laughs> I was like, oh, that happened. That's not, it's not a fluke. It's not a season. It's, I'm up a solid 10 pounds. And so I had to decide. It was actually May 1st. I said, I either need to be fine with being this weight or I need to drop my calories. What do you want to do? Yeah. And I decided to drop my calories because most of the calories I was eating were like chips. And I mean, it wasn't wholesome food. It was just extra kind of snack food that was triggery. So I made a conscious effort to cut my calories. And if Donald's at a point where he's fine with his calorie range and he doesn't want to change anything. Yeah, I'm able to eat a little more than I was eating before. And I am so much happier eating what I'm eating now. And I'm not gaining weight, which is good. I don't want to eat up to a point where I'm gaining weight, but you know, this is the weight I am. This is my maintenance weight. And I am at least so far happy here. And hopefully I can, uh, I can stay that way and not focus on that BMI number that was, you know, bumming me out. Yeah. Well, and the big truth in all of this, and we, we try not to talk specifically about our weights, but the number itself doesn't make you happy. It's the habits surrounding the number and the direction that you're heading in and the way you feel about yourself for honoring your goals and for sticking to your habits. For me, four years ago, if I was the weight that I am today, which is about seven pounds over where I want to be, yeah, I would have been like, I'm going to be that weight? Like, all right. Like, I you're going to be happy forever. Like, there's, you're there's never going to be sad. I might literally have killed to be <laughs> that weight. But you know what? Like, you get to that point where, like, if only I was this weight, I would always be happy and I would never take it for granted. Right. And I would be good and eat my vegetables. So I go past this, the number that I'm at right now. I go down another eight or nine pounds. And then suddenly that's the golden number that it's right. like, then I'll be happy if I get back to that number. And it is always 
always just sort of a mirage in front of you, that happiness. And if you keep waiting for a certain number to make you happy, that's not going to happen. It's the process. It's the pride that you feel in yourself for sticking to your goals. It's the pride when you don't eat your daughter's uh, peanut butter and jelly Bread scraps like I had been doing. Like my habits had definitely eroded a little bit at the beginning of COVID. So I've dialed that back and I feel like I'm more in control. And so that's sort of the general sense of it. The, The numbers matter in relationship to everything that's happening. It's not just the number. It's your lifestyle. And, you know, there is a big difference between the BMIs that we were four years ago and our BMIs now. Oh my goodness, Are they yeah. the most accurate measurement of everything in the entire world? They are not, but they are part of a bigger picture, a constellation of your choices. Um, I think I think that, uh, and I think we wanted to wrap up with a bunch of uh, do's and don'ts for the scale that uh, that Catherine has come Ooh, up which with. Which should I do first, the don'ts or the do's? Uh, I'd say let's do the do's, right? Do the do's? All right. Number one. <laughs> okay. So uh, <laughs> when you when you get on the scale, see the number as raw data. See it as a single data point and not a life sentence. Just because you're, you have a number on the scale today doesn't mean it's going to be etched in stone for the rest of your life. Yeah, for sure. Like, oh, you look so 180 today. Like, oh, yeah. that's great. Look at the trends and patterns over weeks and months. Don't get obsessed with a single data point, but look at the big picture and see if is the number trending up, is the number trending down, or is it flat? Yeah. Be willing to adjust your behaviors after you have a good set of feedback. If you have a good week and then a bad week, and then you think like, all right, now I've got to switch and I'm, I'm going to do keto now and I'm, you know, I'm going to do intermittent fasting. This isn't about modifying your your plan overnight just as revenge for being up or down on the scale. Look at a long-term, look at four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks. Yeah, slow and steady wins the race, which is a cliche, but it's one of those ones that has a basis in truth. Yeah. And also see the numbers on the scale as a lagging indicator. This doesn't predict your future. It's just a lagging indicator of your past choices, which can be changed in the future, which is awesome sauce. Yeah. Awesome <laughs> uh, sauce. Awesome sauce. Which awesome Calorie sauce free. is also Dang it, you stole oh, my man, joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, be sure to use other indicators for progress, such as measurements, the size of your clothing, photos, blood work, and then all of those non-scale victories, all those reasons, reasons behind you want to care about your body, not having knee pain, being able to get out of bed, not having random rashes everywhere. Looking forward to stairs, being able to carry groceries in one trip or not wanting to carry groceries in one trip because you can get more steps. Not being exhausted and wanting to take a nap all the time. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, you know, and another big to do is <laughs> <laughs> a big to do to do is track your weight on an app. Oh, we are yeah. living in the future. These are jetpack <laughs> times. Um, use an app like Happy Scale, My Fitness Pal, Fitbit, Weight Watchers, Fit Index. Uh, I know Garmin has a Garmin Connect that ties into the Lose It app. Someone else suggested Renfo, which uh, is is new to me, but it's not new to somebody else. But track your 
weight, track it consistently, and also look at the trend over time. Yeah, because that matters. So you might you might vary up and down on the scale, but having that reference point on an app matters over time. It is amazing to look at. We used to put our weight on post-it notes in drawers and hide it and not date it and not know when the weight was actually even noted. Yeah. Technology exists. Make an Excel spreadsheet. Take a piece of paper and write the date and the year on it. Keep track of it. It matters to see it over time. So when you get into your jet car because you're <laughs> living in the future, your George Jetson. flying car, make sure you log your weight. And can you... Log your weight when you're at the Renfair with Renfro. Sure. No, it's not Renfro. It's Renfo. Oh, Renfo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway, but uh, but track it. Do, you, use it. I'll link to some apps in the show notes too. Yeah. So those are my do's. Also with the with the do, weigh yourself. Decide on a day that you're going to weigh yourself. Yeah. Weigh yourself at the same time, in the same place, naked. Naked as a jaybird, in the buff, as they say, in the mm, nude. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy! Now we're getting, uh, we're going beyond family friendly. <laughs> um, but just wear the same thing every single time, so yeah. that you're not negotiating with with the scale that way. And then in the don't category, don't get on the scale seven times to get the aggregate at you know the average mean, median, mode of like what the scale yeah, is. It's way more trouble than it's worth, and it's just anxiety. And building. you're gonna drive yourself crazy. It's about time it's not about the day because we do have people who are like i weighed myself seven times and in the kitchen i was this and that and then i like was on one foot and it was this yeah Just for sure don't drive yourself crazy get on it once believe it mark it down and then move forward and like i said don't move the scale around don't get on it multiple times don't see the scale as a personal attack on your self-worth. It is not an employer that you want praise from. It is not a, you know, disaffectionate loved one who all you do, all you want is like love and praise from that person or, you know, that'll do like, yeah, it's, it's just a number. It's not a, a, a it has nothing to do with, you know, whether you're a good person or a bad person or whether you've been good or bad. It's just about your, your eating habits and your exercise. Exactly. Also, don't get discouraged if it takes a few weeks. If you have goals in place, if you have habits in place that you're proud of, give the scale time to catch up. Remember the valley of disappointment and the lagging indicators. It's not a linear process. Your time of the month, constipation, water retention, hormones, all of that play a factor. But I've gone to the gym two straight days. Why haven't I lost weight? <laughs> or I've gone to the gym two days. I'm probably totally yoked oh, now. Oh, yeah. And so my muscles. Don't give up when the scale is up, which I did for 20 years. It doesn't mean you're broken. It just means that it's either a lagging indicator or you need to change something or you have the opportunity to change something about what you're doing. If you don't want to change anything about what you're doing, then you don't have a problem. Yeah, it's exactly. Just on the scale. And finally, just remember that even if you don't get on the scale, the numbers are still happening. Yeah. There is no avoiding the scale. The, the, the data is still happening on your body. And stepping away from it and hiding it just makes it worse over time. Yeah, it's your like weight is your weight. It's a real thing whether you step on that scale or you don't step on there's, well, it's like that a scale. It's not some imaginary friend that goes away when you stop believing in it. Yeah, it's like a felon on the run. Like, it's not going to get better with a high, you know, speed car chase. Like, yeah. just turn yourself in and get it over with and see it as data. And, you know, 
in all of this with the scale, habits matter. We've talked about it a dozen, a thousand times, 123 times we have talked about habits mattering. The scale is just a measurement of the habits that you have in place. And all of this, you know, we joke all the time about different things, but in this one, you know, investing in yourself and your 401k, you are investing in yourself. If you have listened this long, you are at a point where you are ready to collect different habits and diversified habits to create a portfolio of the investment of yourself. And the numbers matter, but the habits matter more. The pride that you have in yourself for living up to your your goals, to doing what you say you're going to do. All of that matters in this. We're not day trading in our weight. This isn't like, you know, being tied up in the morning weight and the afternoon weight and, you know, maybe I'll skip a meal or I'll just have, you know, green smoothies for seven days and then I'll be fixed. This isn't about a gimmick. This is about honoring your body. It is the thing that is going to get you to your old age. Like it has been there the whole time for you. So respect it and, you know, use it as a tool, use it as a neutral space and then take action based on those results. And thank you very much for investing and taking action by listening to this podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you, and uh, we are grateful for your listening. Um, If you have any questions for us, if you have any tips or anything you'd like us to talk about on a future episode. Any scale ideas or... Yeah, we'd love to hear your experiences with the scale, uh, things that have helped you, things that have not worked for you so well. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us at... We only look thin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitters at We Only Look Thin. Um, you can also uh, find us at WeOnlyLookThin.com, uh, where you can go and uh, click on the link for Join Our Support Group and find out more about Walt Place, We Only Look Thin Place, which is an online support group for women where you can sign up and find other people like you who can give you support and accountability, uh, especially during these times when face-to-face meetings can be very very difficult with people. Yeah, it's awesome. We've been doing uh, almost weekly Zoom meetings where we talk about things like the scale. Um, so uh, it's a great group of women, and we would love to have you. So uh, check it out. And if, you, uh, if you'd if you like to help us out, we would really appreciate it if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating, and even better, leave us a, a review. It can just be a few words. Uh, it really helps us out. It really helps people find the show. It boosts us in searches when people are looking for shows like ours, and uh, we would thank you tremendously if you would take some time and do that. Yeah. And so if you still don't know the difference between lagging indicators and day traders, just remember (laughs) that Donald and I are an inspiration-ish. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.